Hi, everyone. This episode is a continuation of some of the things that I shared in the previous episode for such a time as this. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, then you might want to hit pause and listen to that one first. I mean, I think this will make sense all on its own, but it is kind of just me expanding on some of the thoughts that I shared in the previous podcast. So it seems like yesterday and forever ago, all at the same time, but today actually marks one month that my mother breathed her last breath on this earth. And if you've listened to the, the, the previous episode already, then you know I got kind of raw and I hesitated even putting it out because once the tears started and the floodgates were open, you know, it just wasn't easy to stop. But as I thought about it, I just felt like to not put it out there kind of went against some of the stuff that I was sharing because that's me. And I, I guess really what I was thinking is I didn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable listening to it, especially those that are close to me and might worry that I was in a really bad place. And it really wasn't that in that moment. I'm comfortable with tears and comfortable with crying. Um, I'm a deep feeler and I can cry at any time while talking. If you're a regular listening listener of this podcast, then you know that's something I do quite often. So it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It used to. I mean, years ago, I used to hate talking and sharing because tears could come so quickly when I would be talking about something that was very meaningful or something that just touched my heart or for whatever reason, I didn't even know. I mean, I wouldn't be expecting it and I would, tears would well up or I would start to cry. And I was actually just sharing this with one of my sisters recently, but I mean, and this was years ago, actually before we moved back to Florida and um, one of our mentors and somebody in Tennessee that we were very close to one day as I was sitting across a lunch table from this person and we were sharing back and forth and with him and his wife, I just started sharing something and here it came, you know, I started crying and was tearing up and, you know, just getting choked up on my words. And he looked at me and he said, cause I think I probably said, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he said, no, you don't need to be sorry. You're crying because this is a sacred moment and this is something sacred to you and meaningful to you. And that freed me up because that actually was what it was that I was feeling when I would be sharing something that touched my heart and I felt a certain way, I would cry. I didn't mean I was sad and I was upset and all that. So I'm comfortable with crying and it doesn't mean the things I just mentioned. I'm not ultra sad and it, it is when I say something that is just so meaningful to me and so heartfelt, then I can easily cry. So my major fear was I didn't want anybody to hear that and feel uncomfortable because it can feel uncomfortable hearing somebody talk through tears. But anyway, that's what it was. And it just was some things I wanted to share with you guys. So as I had listened to it back in debating whether to post it or not, there were some things that stood out to me that I thought I would really kind of like to take that thought a little further. So that's why we're back today with part two. So one of the first things that I wanted to touch on again was this idea of making the decision to be fully present in our lives. Now, I know that statement can sound weird at times. Like when you hear that, like you need to be present, you know, and that's something very common we hear a lot now. You know, you might be thinking, well, I'm here. <laughs> I'm living my life, Susan. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that I am present in my life. But here's, here's what I found around that statement. Um, I have found that 
there is way more to being present in life than just being physically present somewhere. Just because I'm in the room or I'm in the conversation doesn't mean I am present in the moment. And I I know we've all experienced that. I just thought of this. (laughs) My husband could attest to this. Anytime I'm talking to him, if he's doing something else, I literally will wait. And And I will say, you know, what are you doing? Because we started a conversation. And he'll say, I'm listening to you as he's doing something else. And I say, okay, well, I'm gonna wait till you get do till you get done doing that. Because what I have found is that if he is doing something else, he does not 100 percent not 100 percent hear me. And he is hearing me, but he's not listening. I guess that's how I should say it. Um, or hang on, is that backwards? He's listening, but he's not hearing. Whatever. He doesn't take in all the information. And actually what happens a lot of times is halfway through it, when something does get his attention, then he'll be like, okay, now what? And I'm like, I just explained that, but you weren't listening. So that's what I'm talking about. There's lots of times where we're in a conversation, we're in the room, we're experiencing something, but we are not 100% there present in the moment, taking everything in for what it is. And You know, I mentioned in the last episode that when we got the news that um, from hospice that my mother could pass at any time, and it was actually a week later when she actually did pass, I felt this nudging in my soul. And it, it wasn't just like, okay, I had this thought. It felt very much like a Holy Spirit nudge to take it all in. I mean, I just, I just had that thought of Susan, this is a sacred moment and I want you to take it all in. And, and it, wasn't just one time. It's like, I just kept having that. And I actually then shared that with my husband and told him that I said, you know, because we're believers, I knew, um, I know where my mom is. I knew where she's going and that whole process. But for the reality of my life in that moment to know that my mom, the person that I never knew life without being a part of my life was passing from one realm to the next. I think I said it to him like it seems kind of odd and it felt (laughs) um, the opposite of sacred to for me to go on, um, on with my life like normal, knowing she was in the sacred moment. And it's like I made that decision of like, okay, I want to be present. I want to I want to think the thoughts. I want to have the memories, whatever comes to my mind. I want to feel it. I want to think about it. And I want to take in this moment for all that it is. And because I did feel like I had that nudging, I felt like the Holy Spirit was all over that. And so it was sad. It was hard, but it was also a good heart, you know? You know, so I I just chose to be fully present with the reality of my mother passing, which meant (laughs) that meant also not getting in the car and going to Target and keeping myself busy, you know, so running to Target to buy another cute coffee mug or a t-shirt or something else that I did not need or you know, choosing to stay present in the moment and not baking the chocolate chip cookies and eating the whole batch, you know, it was choosing to be present, to think the thoughts, to remember and to reflect and to feel the feelings instead of trying to distract myself and stay busy with something else and try to numb out through some other thing that might temporarily ease the feelings that I was feeling. I made the conscious choice that instead of turning my attention to something else when I was feeling sad or upset, but allowing myself to take in each and every thought and to 
just to think about it. And it's been so good these past several weeks. So even before my actual, my mom actually passed, this was when I had this thought. And that was that the beginning of that process and just grieving. I mean, just grieving the loss of my mom and just that whole process. And it's continued, even though it's changed the thoughts and my feelings, it's been a process that I have chosen to be present for. And, you know, there's been highs and there's been lows this past month, but I honestly, sitting here today, a month later, I feel so much stronger in my spirit. And I feel like it is because of how I have approached this. And I know we're all different. So um, I'm sharing my experience. You know, you might not can relate at all. And that's totally fine because I get it. We are all different. I mean, my husband, which is my best friend, my partner and everything, we we um, look at life totally different so many times. and experience life totally different. And that's been the best example of me that of of seeing how we all move through life differently because I love him with all my heart. And I can see how we approach things and our feelings and all these things so different. And that doesn't discount anything. So if you're listening to this, this is this is my experience, my story. I'm not trying to put it on you. I am though trying to, I think no matter how our personalities are, what I'm the the premise of (laughs) Being 100% present in our life applies to all of us. So, and I wanted to bring it up again too, because what I wanted to expand on is this, you know, you might not be grieving that, you know, someone that you lost, someone that was very dear to you passing away, but you might be grieving the loss of a job, especially in this last year that we've all experienced, um, the loss of a dream. The loss of a relationship that you maybe thought was going to last forever, or um, it could be a friendship, a romantic relationship, a feeling of lost time. You know, you could have feelings of regret and feeling like there was so much time lost or wasted in a season of your life. You know, so whatever the loss is for you, I want to invite you to sit with it. I want to invite you to lean in and learn all that you can from this time and allow the presence of God through this process of pain. Let it transform you. You know, I shared this that today actually marks a month. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the things I'm sharing have been like, you know, the past few weeks, you know, this past month. And actually my mom's been not well for a while, so a lot of this process has been ongoing. But I thought it was interesting just, I think it was late last night, I saw a quote from somebody that I have a book of theirs that has been a book that I've, I've loved, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, that I've read and loved. And I saw a quote and it was about grief and loss. And so I was like, oh. So I made a mental note of like, okay, when you wake up in the morning, look that up. So I um, got my coffee this morning and gr- I went and found my book and I opened it up to chapter five. It says, enlarge your soul through grief and loss. <laughs> and I was like, I love you, God. Because this is like the story of my life. You know, this is what I'm talking about. A book that I love is highlighted all in. I actually had this underlined, okay? And this is what it says. I'm going to read. This is the first paragraph. There is no greater disaster in the spiritual life than to be immersed in unreality. In fact, the true spiritual life is not an escape from reality, but an absolute commitment to it. I'm going to read that again. In fact, the true spiritual life is not an escape from reality, but an absolute commitment to it. 
Loss marks the place where self-knowledge and powerful transformation happen. If we have the courage to participate fully in the process. So I love that. I was so excited to reread that and um, just be reminded of, of we are spiritual beings, okay? And right now we're living in this physical, earthly realm, but we are spiritual beings. And that was one thing that I was just so reminded of in this process. I was even talking to my dad about this because through his tears too, he'd say, you know, this is what we believe, you know? And um, knowing where my mom is. And, and I said to him, and I actually made an art piece around, uh, around this that you might have seen online. But, it, you know, I would, so I would say, okay, I believe that when we take our final breath on this realm of what that means, that we are then in the presence of the Lord and that we, we you know, we were created, to, we live in this physical realm, but we, our spirits are eternal. So even though that's something I know and I've experienced, you know, my mother-in-law has passed away and there's other been people in my life that have passed away that were, that I experienced great loss from them passing from this life. So it's not something I haven't experienced before, but like I said, when obviously my mother is the closest person to me that I've experienced this, that it's like just sitting in that reality of what I say I know and believe and just really processing that. It's like, I know that so much more. I know that it's such a deeper level. And I know those of you that have experienced that kind of loss, and I've seen it in your life now. I mean, I, I look at my niece, Jacqueline, and um, we actually talked a few weeks ago about this whole thing too. And I know that she's experienced that. You know, I mean, we brought up to her of the peace I saw in her own life. And it came from her knowing, <laughs> knowing where Brian was and her knowing that this was her reality and trusting God with his plans and his purposes. Not that God caused that, but the assurance that God will take it all and use it for his good. And he has. So yes, lots of highs and lots of lows, but then this deep knowing of we live for eternity, that when we take our last breath here on this earth of knowing without a shadow of a doubt, and understanding that process that we live for eternity. But here's another thing I know. Most of us will do anything to not feel pain. We hate feeling uncomfortable. I'm just going to say, I hate feeling uncomfortable. Hate feeling pain. You know, whether that's physical pain or emotional pain. And as you probably know, emotional pain can be worse (laughs) than physical pain a lot of times. As bad as physical pain can be. Emotional pain that we feel can, can be devastating to us in so many ways. Um, you know, I joked about some of the examples of how I try to silence pain in my own life or how I have in the past. I have gotten better in those things about, um, you know, the shopping spree or, you know, wanting chocolate specifically or some kind of carbohydrate. You know, but here's the thing, you know, the thrill of a shopping spree, it loses the thrill quickly. And, you know, I mean, you could be actually on the drive back home and the thrill's already been lost. <laughs> so very short lived. And the comfort food thing, you know, it, you know, the, we, we consume this comfort food and it provides comfort for about as long as it takes for us to consume it. So again, very short lived. But yet there's something in our humanity that still are, you know, 
first reaction can be to reach for that, to stop the discomfort, to stop the pain. But what I've noticed in my life and, you know, a lot of my experiences is that the resistance to the pain usually prolongs and intensifies the process. And once I do pass the threshold, I'm always like, okay, make a mental note that it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be when you actually felt the feelings. (laughs) Because we can tend to forget that. So I want to say that again, that the resistance to the pain usually, from what I found, can prolong or intensify the process. Me resisting and fighting the feelings and like trying to push it all down, it's painful. You know, that process, it's painful because like I said, so even if I tried the cookies and the other things, that's so short lived that it's going to come right back. And so here I go, you're going to try to push it down again. And so that resistance is painful because I'm feeling that pain, but I'm trying to get rid of it. So it's just prolonging me actually letting myself feel the feelings and deal with the reality, which can bring some transformations of spiritual transformation, like I just read into my life. You know, so I've seen this time and time in my own life, yet my natural instinct can be to fight the process initially each time. And that's why, that's one reason I think I noticed that it was a Holy Spirit nudge when I realized my mom could pass at any time. And the strongest thing within me was not to run and hide and pull the covers up over my head. But my first response was that nudging of, Take it all in. Take it all in. That reminds me, me saying my natural instinct can be to fight the process. It reminds me after the service that we had for my mom, a lot of the family, my brothers and sisters, and a lot of our children, we went back to the house with my dad and we ate Mexican again. (laughs) And it was delicious each time we partook of it. And we laughed together and we remembered, you know, just so many stories of us growing up together and, you know, special memories that involved mom. And it, w- it was a great time. But um, so speaking of pain, this is what made me think of this. One of the stories that got brought up was a story about my father attempting to give me a spanking because my mom had told him to. And she was usually the disciplinarian in our house just because she was around us more and didn't want to have to wait for my dad to get home. And so she usually was the one that gave us the spankings. But every now and then, either my father just happened to be on his way home or something to where, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was easier to pass it off to him. But this was one of those times where my father was told to give me the spanking. So my father's attempting to give me a spanking. I mean, we're in another room. And and he yells from the room that we're in. He yells into the other room to my mother that he hasn't even spanked me yet. And he felt the need to reassure her that he had not even touched me (laughs) because of the crying and the screaming and the running around that I was doing that would make someone that was not seeing what was actually happening in the room think that he was beating me to death. So he wanted to let her know, I haven't even touched her yet. I think that's what he said. I haven't even touched her yet. And from the way I was acting, you would not have believed that. It's just another example of prolonging a painful process. I mean, he could have spanked me and it had been over with, but it's like, no, I had to prolong it because everything within me said, run, (laughs) run. 
But here's the thing. We can't outrun pain. You cannot outrun your pain. And if you're under the illusion that you can outrun it, then you will spend your entire life running. You can't outrun it and you can't rush it. You know, stress oftentimes comes into our life from us trying to be somewhere that we're not. We're trying to be in a different moment and in a different reality than we're actually in. And so it creates this stress in our life and this tension and this anxiety. But peace, on the other hand, comes from us choosing to be present in the moment. And sometimes that's a confusing concept for me because I'm looking at this moment that seems to be causing me stress. So I'm thinking, why do I want to be present in it? Because it's a stressful moment. (laughs) But here's the thing. If we will choose to be present in that exact moment and trust that in that moment, God is right there with us because he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And no matter what's going on, if in that moment I am being held by the creator of the universe, that's going to bring some peace into your moment. So stress comes to us from trying to be somewhere we're not in a moment we're not in. Peace comes from choosing to be present in the moment and then allowing that peace to guide us through the process to the next step and then the next step and the next step. Because if you're like me, that stress in the moment comes from, instead of standing there in peace, I'm in that moment and I start stressing because in that moment, I can't see the next step. 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 Actually, I said that wrong. I probably can see the next step because that's what usually we will see. We will see maybe one little thing. And, and maybe, we, maybe you're not seeing it. Maybe, I think, I think there are times we're in that moment and we don't see it. And that's where we just have to fully trust that God has a plan. But more often than not, we don't see the plan for the next week, the next month, the next year. We don't see the whole plan laid out clearly for us. It comes down to us in that moment, receiving the peace that the Holy Spirit can give to us in that moment and trusting the process and trusting the guidance for the next step. And then that next step has us in that next moment where we just kind of repeat the same thing. We allow the peace of God to rule and reign in our life and the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to the next step and then the next step and then the next step. Here's one of the things that I'm learning. There's this element of trust, complete trust in God. But as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, it's like this unveiling of wisdom and understanding. And Proverbs 4, I'm going to read this to you, and it's, it's kind of long, but I was just going to read part of it, but I decided I was going to read all of it. <laughs> But it it talks so much about this and how important it is in our life. So here's, this is Proverbs chapter four. Hear children, fatherly instruction, 
Pay attention to gain understanding. I'll teach you well. Don't abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and my mother's favorite, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom and get understanding. Don't forget and don't turn away from my words. Don't abandon her and she will guard you. Love her and she will protect you. The beginning of wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding before anything else. Highly esteem her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you will embrace her. She will place a graceful wreath on your head. She will give you a glorious crown. Listen, my son, and take in my speech. Then the years of your life will be many. I teach you the path of wisdom. I lead you in straight courses. When you walk, you won't be hindered. When you run, you won't stumble. Hold on to instruction. Don't slack off. Protect it, for it is your life. Don't go on the way of the wicked. Don't walk on the path of evil people. Avoid it. Don't turn on to it. Stay off of it and keep going. They don't sleep unless they do evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of evil and they drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like morning light that gets brighter and brighter till it's full day. The path of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know where they will stumble. My son, pay attention to my words. Bend your ear to my speech. Don't let them slip from your sight. Guard them in your mind. They are life to those who find them and healing for their entire body. More than anything, you guard, protect your mind for life flows from it. Have nothing to do with a corrupt mouth. Keep devious lips far from you. Focus your eyes straight ahead and keep your gaze on what's in front of you. Watch your feet on the way and all your paths will be secure. Don't deviate a bit to the right or the left and turn your feet away from evil. Wisdom and understanding. So, so important. Don't let your pain be wasted. Your pain has a purpose. And if you will, will trust and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to teach you moment by moment through whatever pro- painful process that you are walking through, it will affect your life in profound ways. The second thing that I wanted to expand on from the previous episode is that your life matters. The decisions that you make matter. How you choose to show up in your life, it matters. And I wanted to remind you that your life, it's not designed to look exactly like anyone else's. You know, your life story, it's, it's part of a much bigger story. And when you show up and you live the life that you were created to live, your story affects other stories. You know, you change the world around you 
by trusting in the plans and the purposes that God has for you. So why do we waste our time and just get distracted by choosing to watch the race that somebody else is running? And we get distracted in comparing their race with our race. And we all do that. We all can so easily fall into that trap, that trap of comparison, which just steals time, precious and valuable time that matters from the race that he's called us to run. Because when you are looking to another lane, watching somebody else run, it's slowing you down. It's causing you to lose your focus. And just like that verse we read in Proverbs, we've got to keep our eyes focused. We've got to keep our gaze straight ahead on the one that called us, the one that has planned and purposed for us. So let's choose to live our lives fully dependent on the Holy Spirit to lead us and to bring us comfort where we need it, to teach us through our pain and through the losses that we each experience. And don't believe the lie that the enemy of your soul loves to whisper in your mind when you feel weak and when you feel tired and you feel worn down and when you're in the middle of feeling such loss. That's the time he's going to come to you and he's going to whisper in your ear and he wants you to believe that you've made too many bad choices and that you've gone too far, that your life doesn't matter. And that you are unlovable. And to all of those things, I say lies. They are all lies. Because you are a beloved daughter of the king of all kings. You are adored by the creator of the universe. And you are here in this very moment of time. Because he planned and he purposed for you to be here. So here's my question that I want to end with today. What are you going to do with your pain, friend? What are you going to do with your pain? Are you going to let it hold you back? Or are you going to let it set you free? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone that is listening today and those that will listen in the next few weeks, next few months, and even in the coming years. As maybe they're doing a search in whatever podcast <laughs> device they listen to. And, and they find themselves listening to this. I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would be present and would speak life to situations that feel like death. Father, your word tells us that perfect love drives out all fear. And I come against fear in the name of Jesus right now. For anyone listening that feels fearful and, fears and feels like they've made too many mistakes, that they don't see the next step clearly, that they are caught up in overwhelming doubt and insecurity and confusion, Father, right now, I ask that your peace and your presence would flood their heart and mind. That in this moment, you would be reminded that God can be trusted. 
that Holy Spirit can be trusted to lead and to guide you, that right now in this moment, you can experience peace that passes all understanding. You can experience peace that doesn't even make any sense because you don't see the next step. You, you can't see how this is all going to get worked out. You don't see how you're going to make it to the end of this month. But there is a peace that can only come from the Father that passes all of our human understanding, even when life doesn't make sense. When our spirits feel crushed, there is a peace that can flood our hearts and our minds. And even when we don't have the answers, we have a knowing that we're going to be okay, that we are not alone in this. And that even in so many areas that we can feel so weak and we can look around and we can feel and we can see so much loss in the midst of that, there's this strength that we feel rising up within us, the power of the Holy Spirit that strengthens us, that strengthens us in our spirit that breathes life into us when we feel like we can't get out of bed, when we feel like we can't take another step, when we can't make another decision, when we feel like we're in this all by ourselves, it's a lie. You're never by yourself. At any time, you can speak the name of Jesus. And you can call upon his presence. And Father, I thank you that your presence is here right now. That your strength is here in this moment. For each and every one, we receive it today. We receive your peace. We receive your strength. We receive clarity for all that you have called and created us to be. For such a time as this, we love you, Father. Amen. Hey, you. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to connect more, head over to SusanBeth.com and sign up and you will be one of the first to find out about anything new. Plus, there's a special free download available just to say thanks. If something in this episode did speak to you, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend that you think it might resonate with as well? And until next time, keep showing up in the world just as God purposed you to do, because you being you is exactly what we all need.